Last Sunday, we began a short series on emotions uh, because we tend not to deal with our emotions very well. We either let them drive and we're driven by emotion or we uh, ignore them and we stuff them. Uh, I referred to a, a, an illustration that Peter Schiazzaro says in his book, Emotionally Healthy Relationships, that I'm going to use this whole series, and that is emotions are like children in a car, and we don't want them driving, but we also don't stuff them in the trunk. I think that is, I mean, it's amusing, but it's so appropriate as, as we think about our emotions. Yes, we don't want to be driven by emotion, but again, we don't want to stuff those things either, because emotions are an important part of who we are. Um, and when treated properly, our emotions, God can use our emotions to lead us closer to him. And last week, we talked about the emotion of fear, a very primal emotion. But today, I want us to talk about sadness and grief. Because deep sadness can lead us to dark places. Uh, giving up, addiction to dull the pain, suicide. And so we don't want to follow our emotions, but we don't want to ignore them either. So what do we do? Well, we bring them to God. We bring the deep sorrow to God. And, and hear me, we don't just bring the situation that makes us sad to God. Yes, we do that, but I, I think we're better at that. So if, if we lose a loved one, if we're in a, a difficulty, if our relationship, whatever is causing us deep sorrow or grief, we often can bring that to God and ask him to change the situation. But what I'm talking about is actually bringing our emotions to God and saying, God, I am sorrowful. I am grieving, Lord. And you might think, oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm not supposed to complain to God. And you know, am I supposed to say negative things? But the Bible is full of what's called laments. Now, a lament, the definition of a lament is an expression of mourning or sorrow. And there's a whole book of the Bible called Lamentations. And guess what the prophet Jeremiah does in the book of Lamentations? He laments. <laughs> he expresses his deep sorrow in mourning over the destruction of his city, Jerusalem. And he even brings that lament to God, even though God had told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I'm about to do this. It is my will for this time for the city to be destroyed. And yet Jeremiah still lifts up this deep grief and agony that he is feeling. So think about that. There is a whole book of the Bible dedicated to expressing mourning and sorrow. And it's even more than just one book. Over half of the Psalms are actually what's called lament Psalms. Psalms that express sorrow or mourning to God. And including today's Psalm, Psalm 6. There's so many Psalms I could have chosen because there's so many lament Psalms, but I chose Psalm 6. Let me read it to you. Uh, and again, one of the reasons I've been using psalms throughout this series is that the psalms were the prayer and praise book of uh, the people of God. And so when we look at the psalms, we see like last week, this expression of, okay, there's fear and how do we deal with fear? There's this um, 
and now the expression of sorrow and lament in Psalm 6. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. So the psalmist here, he is overcome with deep sorrow. And he wonders why God is not sending relief. The psalmist, he feels alone. And without God, he fears that his enemies will overcome him or death will overtake him. I mean, listen to the expressions of his grief. Yes, he's praying for the Lord to heal. Yes, he's praying that the Lord would change his situation. But notice also how he expresses his emotions, his deep sorrow. He says, I am languishing. My bones are troubled. That's his, his pain, his sorrow is so deep, he feels it in his bones. I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. My eye wastes away because of grief. The psalmist, he's not just feeling a little bit down. The psalmist is emotionally and physically wrecked. And, and we don't know if this sickness is, is literal or a metaphor for other type of suffering like his enemies and persecution. We don't know. But what is clear is that the pain and the sorrow that he is feeling is overwhelming. Have you ever felt grief so deeply that it hurt physically? Have you ever been so exhausted from weeping every day or trying not to weep every day? Well, the psalmist gives us an example of what do we do with that? Acknowledge it. Acknowledge that sorrow and the grief to God and cry out to God. Now, maybe you're like, well, no, you don't understand. I, I was brought up, I come from a family where, you know, you don't express sorrow. It's not okay to cry. Well, if you are a part of the family of God, if you're a Christian, you don't just have your family of origin. Now you're part of the new family of God. Then our Father in heaven says, you can cry out to me. You can express your deep sorrow and your longing and even your questions to me. Your doubts. Because do you notice that in verse 3? The psalmist, he, he actually questions God. In verse 3, he says, but you, O Lord, how long? And we, we sang that song, how long? And how long, O oh Lord, 
The psalmist is in agony. God, he knows God's able to heal, but he doesn't seem to act. And so he cries out, how long, Lord, how long before you act? Many of us have felt this kind of sorrow, these kinds of questions at some time in our life. And, and we wonder, do I dare express these things to God? Well, my friends, do you know the Bible we believe is inspired by the Holy Spirit? That is, God, the Holy Spirit, inspires the writers of the Scripture. And so the Holy Spirit inspired Psalm 6. The Holy Spirit inspired lamentations. He inspired the psalmist to not only express his deep grief toward, to God, but also to write it down. And God in his providence brought it into the scriptures to instruct millions of people throughout thousands of years to lift our sorrows and our questions to God. Now, despite this clear biblical instruction, <laughs> an example to lament, some, if some would respond, especially sometimes some churchy folks would respond, if you actually expressed Psalm 6, and again, Psalm 6 is scriptural, the Holy Spirit inspired, they might say, wait, don't speak that kind of negativity. Or, hey, words have power, and don't speak that into existence. This thinking often comes from the so-called word of faith movement, but it's also found in secular sources where some people talk about manifesting things by talking about them. Oh, I'm going to manifest this by talking about it. Yes, our words have power to affect things, but our words only affect things as much as God's word allows. God is the one who is over all things. Everything is subject to God, and according to God's word... We should acknowledge our negative emotions, our sorrows, our grief to God. And when we, when we lament to God, that is actually a word of faith. That is actually expressing our faith in God, that we're relying on God. That we're not relying on words. We're not relying on a special formula. That whatever we're feeling, we know that we need God. And we want him to enter into every part of our being. So we cry out to him. And God, he desires for us to be sincere and real. I mean, he's knowing, all-knowing anyways. The scriptures say that he knows what, is, what, what we need before we even ask. So it's silly to pretend that, oh, I, you know, I'm really not hurting, I'm really not grieving, or, you know, I'm, I'm actually not disappointed with God, when we actually are. God desires that we bring these negative emotions, these, all these things, these questions to him. And we can do that because we know that not only is God powerful, but he's loving. I mean, look at what the psalmist said in, in, in verse 4. It was Psalm 6, verse 4. I, I read it, but I'll read it again. It says, Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. We, we only can come to God based on his mercy and his love. And so we come to God based on who he is, and we're real about who we are, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing. Because our hope and our faith is in him. 
Faith is not putting up a front, speaking the right words. No, we pour ourselves out to God, our whole selves, because we have faith in him and we want him to transform us at a deep level. We want him to work, not just in our minds, not just in our will, but in our hearts as well. Now, the other reason it's okay to express your sorrow to God is that, you know, we should feel something is wrong when the, with the suffering of the world. Uh, injustice, suffering, it's not the way it should be if God is good. And so lamenting that can actually be an expression of faith. Lamenting that instead of stuffing it can actually deepen our faith. Because the psalmist talks about his enemies, and often when you look in the psalms, especially the lament psalms, they talk about God's enemies often saying, you know, God doesn't hear you. That instead of bringing this to God, why don't you give up on your God? And that's the temptation. When we see the, 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 uh, the, the sorrow and the injustice in the world, it can cause us to have emotions that run from God. But the psalmist, look what he does. He instead, he holds up the reality of suffering, not sugarcoating his pain, as well as holding up the reality of a God who hears. You think, well, yeah, I can't wrap my mind around that. But that's okay. We can't wrap our mind around God, but we want God to wrap his arms around us in the midst of all of this stuff. So we lift this stuff up to God. All right, so if, you, if you're still not convinced that true people of faith pour out their sadness and disappointment to God, let me give you one more example. Jesus on the cross. Jesus, uh, he hung on the cross after a night of praying, God, let this cup pass from me. And he was tortured. The weight of human sin was upon him. And he pours out his heart to God on the cross by quoting a psalm of lament, Psalm 22. Do you remember what he said? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did Jesus quote Psalm 22, 1? Because a lament is how people of faith deal with sadness. That's how they deal with loss, feelings of abandonment. They pour their heart out to God, even when they know, God, it is your will that I'm here. It was God's will that Jesus was on the cross, and yet he still poured out his God. God, why are you forsaking me? And just like Psalm 22 is a lament psalm, it ends with an expression of faith that God has heard. And we won't get into that psalm, but that's another psalm of lament if you want to read one. So does Psalm 6. So does our psalm. Psalm 6, 9 says, The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. He's come to this place where he's lifted his sorrows up to God, and he, he knows he has this confidence. Oh, God has heard. The, the emotions, the sadness, the grief, the disappointment, it doesn't lead the psalmist away from God. It leads him to God. So we're not controlled by our emotions, but we don't ignore them either. We put them in God's hands so he can transform us, so he can walk with us into deep places of transformation. So as we look at this psalm and we think, all right, how do we apply it? I think the most obvious application is pray your emotions. Lift them up to God. 
And if you're not even sure how to do that, that's where the Psalms come in. If you have trouble expressing your sorrow to God or your anger, your confusion to God, just open the Psalms. Look at them. There's so many where you can say, I don't even know what to pray, God, but I feel this way and pray this to God. And you're praying what the Holy Spirit has inspired so you know you're praying in the Spirit. But, I mean, look at this. Verse 2, be gracious to me, O Lord. I'm languishing. Heal me, O Lord. My bones are troubled. My soul is greatly troubled. I'm weary with my moaning. My eyes waste away because of grief. And when you do that, when you lift up those emotions to God, he will, heal, he will hear your plea. He will lead you in that process of growth in your faith as, as you bring not just your mind, like, oh, I want to understand, or, or your will, oh, God, I'm going to do your will, but rather you bring your heart to him, your emotions, and he's going to give you insight into yourself and bring your faith to a de in, in deeper so that it's a heart faith. And again, this, I know this can be hard, especially if you were raised or, you know, to not show sadness, but again, God is after our hearts. He's not just after our religious actions. He's after our, the depths of our hearts. I think another application that I want to bring out from this is, okay, yes, pray our emotions to God, lift up our sorrows to him. But also I think there's something that we, especially as Christians, can do is we, because we know the right answer, we can jump to the right answer without actually going through that process of, of our emotions. So, yes, coming to, eventually coming to see that trials, suffering, all that stuff is something God can use to fulfill his purpose in us. We can't, often we can't sincerely get to that place where we really feel that without going through this process. Because otherwise we start to say bad things are good, something God has never said. No, it's all right to acknowledge the bad. It's all right to acknowledge the hurt. And God, yes, he may use these things, and he acknowledges that, you know, there's sin, there's suffering in the world too that needs renewal. But we come to God with that, and we realize that it's a process. Eventually, God can bring us to that place of confidence where, we, where he's worked in us so we can say with Psalm 6, 9, yeah, the Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. But getting to that place is often a process, a process of praying through our emotions with God because we're emotional beings and God wants us to restore. He wants to restore our whole being, including our emotions, but often we can jump to that place of saying, well, this is what I'm supposed to think, so I guess I will think that, while well, God wants to do a deep work in our hearts. Because again, we don't want to stuff those emotions. We don't want to be driven by them either. And so the same process that we have to go through often, especially if it's a deep hurt, a deep sorrow, and a deep grief, we need to allow other people that same process. One of the things the scripture tells us to do, because this idea of, you know, connecting with God and God transforming us, we often think of it in an individualistic way. And yes, it is about us and God, but it's also we, something we do for one another, something we help one another in our growth. Um, is that we want to help bear one another's burdens. So, 
sometimes someone will come to us and they might even say things like we see in Psalm 6 and, and, and talk about, you know, I've been so depressed lately or I'm deeply grieving. I, I, I'm, I've been mourning the loss of this loved one. And, and sometimes we can come out, instead of bearing their burdens and being present with them, because we're uncomfortable with expressions of emotion, we might want to get that person to the right answer quick so they'll stop really expressing their deep grief. And, and we might quote scripture, and they're good scriptures, like, you know, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's from Romans. Or James, count it all a joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. We can quote these things in, in a way that almost encourages people to stuff their emotions, to be like, oh, that's the right answer, and I don't feel that way, but okay, here I am. No, we want people to be real. Don't deny people their feelings. God doesn't. That's what this whole lament genre is about. God not saying, I don't matter how you feel, just stuff that stuff, and you know the right answer. No, there's this encouragement to lift our emotions up to God. And so we don't want to deny people that. God is doing a difficult, painful work in somebody. And so we want to help one another bear those burdens, not encourage one another to be fake, to actually stuff, again, their emotions by jumping to the answer without actually going to God first. Because people can jump to the right answer without jumping to God. Well, we want them to jump to God. We want them to seek God and God, let God work in their lives to bring them, to bring us to that place where we are actually able to see that in the midst of a difficulty, God can use that for his purposes. But oftentimes that takes a long process of talking to God, lifting up our emotions to God. And again, especially if the deep is grief, uh, is if the deep is um, if the grief is deep and the sorrow is deep, when we've lost a loved one who we've spent decades with, it's going to take a long time to process through that. And we want people to do that. We want them to go to God. So we want to encourage people to be real. And especially, so how can you help others in this process is, well, we can be present and we can pray. Yes, we can pray for the person, but we can also encourage them. You know, have you tried lifting your grief up to God? Like, pray, tell God that you're, you're full of sorrow or whatever. But we can also be present. And, and this is where... Sometimes we get into trouble because when we're present with someone, we're, we're just we're with them, wanting them to be real. And some people process emotions, process things in their minds by thinking, and some people process things by talking, right? Now, I'm a thinker, so if I'm going to process, I, almost, I want some space. <laughs> but I know there's lots of others who process things by talking, and especially for those people, you want, if they express, you know, I am feeling, I'm, I'm depressed, I am feeling so uh, full of grief. Again, we don't want to short circuit that process by saying, hey, it's all good, you know, God works all things together for good, so just get over it. 
No, we, we want that person to, to express, and we can be present with them, allow them to express. And, and the reason I say this is because God allows it. He writes it in the scriptures. So if it's okay for the psalmist, if it, he inspired the psalmist to say, I am grieving, I am languishing, and God, how, why are you taking so long? God can take it. And so we, if someone is expressing that, let them be with them, be present with them and say, I, I don't have any answers, but I'm here with you and I'm, I'm going to pray for you and allow them to express that. That's one of the ways we can bear one another's burdens is to lift up the sorrow to God. Again, sorrow, grieving, they should not be driving us but they also shouldn't be stuck in the trunk. We need to lift them up to God and God will transform us deeply. So one example, um, and I mention her often, she's one of my heroes of the faith, is Corey Ten Boom. You know, she, um, she suffered greatly. Uh, she, if you don't know her, she was a uh, Dutch woman. We, Wendy and I have visited her house, a couple of, her apartment a couple of times uh, in Harlem. Um, in Harlem, uh, the Netherlands. Well, anyway, she hid uh, Jews during World War II. And because of that, her whole family was taken to concentration camps. Most of them died. And one of her famous quotes, actually her sister Betsy, who she loved so much, was actually being carried to the hospital. The last time she'd see her alive, um, Betsy said, you know, we must tell people that there's no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Maybe you've heard that quote from Carol Dumas. There's no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. And, you know, we can, we can you know, see and look at that and say, oh, the, you know, what a powerful faith, what a deep faith. But, you know, if you read Corey's writings or hear her, her, some of her, um, her speeches and whatnot, it, it's, it's not like she was able to just immediately get to that place. There was a time of deep prayer and expressing like uh, this her to God the depths of her sorrow of losing her family. I mean, God brought her to that place where she could confidently say, God is with me in the deepest pit. But we, we make little of the depths of the difficulty and the prayers that she had to utter in order to actually get to that place. But the good news is that when we do, when we're real with God, when we lift up our whole selves to him, we do actually start to, to feel those things that Corey Ten Boom expressed. That even in the depths, there's no pit so deep, there's no sorrow so deep, no grief so deep that God is not still deeper. And that's what we want to encourage one another. Not to be shallow, and many times, we church people, we can, be the, we can be the worst offenders at this, where we just want people to, you know, pretend to be happy and, and have this kind of shallow faith and shallow relationships. Well, we want God to go deep, deep in our relationships, deep in us. And in order to do that, sometimes we got to take the depths of those emotions, the sorrow, the grief, and lift them up to God and understand, get to that place that there's no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Get to that place where we know that even in the depths of sorrows, even when I don't understand, how long, Lord, how long will you wait before you answer this prayer? Because this prayer, I know it's, it's a part of your, you know, you've said you desire all men to be saved, and so I'm praying for my loved ones, and they're, they're not following you. Or, Lord, um, this sickness, 
all of these things, we can cry out how long, Lord, and understand that God is still in the midst of the, de in the depths. And so let's pursue that. Let's pursue God. Today, if you hear anything, I want you to be encouraged to lift up your emotions to God. And especially if you're from a family or culture where you're not supposed to cry, you're not supposed to ex express sadness, you're part of the family of God if you've trusted in Jesus. And God, our Heavenly Father, wants to walk with us and walk, bring us through the deep places to transform us deeply. And so when we're going to sing this last song, I'm going to encourage you, if there's, you know, whether you're online or here, express that deep sorrow to God. And if you need someone to pray with you, I'm up here. You can come forward for prayer. I'll pray with you. But really, take this time. And if you're like, yeah, I'm kind of a private person. I can't do this in this crowd. Go home and express to God those deep sorrows. Give them to him and allow him to transform even, even the depths of our hearts. Because he's a God who loves. He's a God who understands. And I say that because Jesus hung on the cross. Jesus gave his life. He suffered injustice. He was betrayed. All of the things that cause us deep grief and sorrow, Jesus experienced those things as he went to the cross. And he gives us that example. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he doesn't just give us the example. He takes away all of our sins so that we can come to, to God knowing that he, is, he has proven his love that he understands and that he wants to, make, to cause our love to go deeper and our understanding of who he is to go even deeper, not just in our minds, but in our hearts and in our emotions. Let's pray. Dear God, we know that you see into the depths of our souls. Holy Spirit, right now you, you know each one of us. You know the deep grief, the sorrow that some are bearing here today. Lord, I pray that you would give each one of us that heart to lift up to you, that trust, that faith to be real with you and real with ourselves because we want you so much, Lord, to work in the depths of our hearts. We want to have that deep faith where even in the deepest pit, we have the confidence that you hear our prayers like the psalmist. So move among this place, Lord. Move in our hearts. Cause us to not just lift up our sorrows to you, but get to that place where even in the midst of sorrow, we can lift to you praise. Praise, Lord, that you are a God who is near. You are a God who redeems. You are a God who takes even the sadness and sorrows of this life and you bring them to a place of redemption. And that's what we long for, Lord, when you return, that you'll make all things new, that you'll take away all injustice so that even in the midst of sorrow, we can sing your praises. Even in the midst of feeling alone, God, we can feel your presence and know your love. Thank you, Lord. As we lift up our, our emotions to you, we also lift up a thanks and praise that you're the God who hears our prayers.
pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.